Hey, wonderfuls! Welcome to this replay episode. A little bit of a flashback as we near 500 episodes of the JV Club. Just picked a couple of just stellar, wonderful, wonderful human beings who uh, really take me back to earlier on in the podcast's uh, uh, beginnings. And Christian Shaw is just such a wonderful person and so talented and so funny. Of course, the Bob's Burger movie just came out recently and. You know, she's just somebody that Julian and I thought it would be really, really fun to revisit her episode. And uh, again, can't say enough great things about her. So as we near our 500th episode, taking a little bit of a break to look back, I'm feeling very nostalgic indeed about those earlier days. And I know you're going to love this episode with Kristen. Maybe this episode is old enough that you didn't even know it existed. So perhaps it's a fun holiday surprise for you. At any rate, check it out, listen to it, and I will talk to you soon. Podcast. 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 Is it podcasting? It's podcasting. Does it say that I'm on? It's a hundred percent podcasting. There's no question that you are on. Nice. I can't say you're on the air per se. You probably you know what a podcast is, right? Do we need to start from the very beginning? Because I'm not even sure I can explain the history of podcasting. I don't frankly I don't know it. What was the first podcast? I don't know. Right? What was the first podcast? It must have been like, you know, like like Andrew Podcast. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was name. named after Andrew Podcast. Yeah, it might be Andrew Von Podcast. <laughs> I, I would imagine that someone with money would be the first person to create this whole world that we live in here with podcasting now. Yeah, well, that is, that's how almost everything works. Pretty much, everyone knows that the Earl of Sandwich is the person who invented sandwiches. Mm-hmm. What do you think that was like? What if if this were Paul F. Tompkins' podcast? I'd be like, "What do you think that was like?" And then we would cut to a, like a brilliant sketch about the Earl of Sandwich. Oh, really? Is that how it, I haven't listened to it. I think he does a lot of like, to be honest with you, I don't, I just don't, it's hard for me to listen to my friend's podcasts because I'm always afraid that like, I'm actually going to accidentally going to take an idea or I'm just going to feel like it's weird when you hear your friends talking, but you can't answer back. Right. Um, but, uh, but he does a lot of like, yeah, like produced, lovely, like thought out, basically the opposite of me and my lazy bullshit. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, I've never been invited to do his podcast, so mm, this one. I'm starting is, to feel I much like this better. One a yeah. better. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything that you want to say to your mom right off the top, just in case she listens to this? Oh, right. Uh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> That's really well played. Very well played. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little more about the brownie that you ate right before you got here. Oh, it's so good. It was like it had an Oreo like bottom and then car- caramel oh my. and then like a chocolate chip cookie kind of brownie this is like and this three is you were at a lunch don't tell me where you were okay did you get it where you had lunch yes based on what you just described i am going to this will not be fun for anyone who doesn't live in la but it is a fun game i enjoy a game um let's do like a 20 questions and see if i can get it within okay. 20 questions okay was it in the valley no was it on the east side yes was it a place with outdoor seating yes was it the alcove? Yes. Ah! <laughs> nice. I didn't even need twenty amazing, amazing. because their bakery is ridiculous. Oh, it was so good. I've only their stuff that this the treats that they have there. 
This is the first time I had a meal there. Oh, really? I've had a nice tea there. Um, but yeah, I met Kurt and we got, I got a shrimp, ginger shrimp salad. Yeah, they have nice salads and big, 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 big rolls. Right with mushrooms. And then I, and then I washed it down with a chai iced tea. Nice. So good. And then I just, and then I ate this brownie. And then I came over here oh, in a really that good brownie. mood. That, I, <laughs> you should be after that meal that you just described. But really, the dessert case there is so extreme. Yeah. I mean, it's a double case. First of all, I don't want to imply that it's only one case. There's like all the cakes on one side. Yeah. And then all the oneers, like the cookies, the, cookies the frosted cookies, and the brownies, the muffins cupcakes. on the other. But they have cakes. Back when I made myself sick eating gluten but didn't realize that's what was making me sick I'm years so sorry. ago. You would just okay. be constantly sick. I would get really, like, I would get really bloated, and then and everyone loves to hear about health problems, but I would get, and then I started, like, actually having, like, vomit problems okay. and, like, diarrhea problems. Guys, don't ever say the D word on your podcast. Don't take, don't do what I do and diarrhea. just and say that. Well, you can because you're a guest, but oh. I feel that returning listeners who, they, they don't want to hear me say that. But yeah, I got, it would make wow. me really who, sick. What is your... Diarrhea haters. <laughs> I reach out to all the diarrhea haters <laughs> in the, the United that, States and beyond. A, you're so prim. Oh yeah, yeah. Those I'm. I really have a, a, a serious etiquette, and I never say things like that. But I did just say that word. I say stuff like that all the time. Um, but my friend and I would just go through and like. I want to say we did it probably more than once a week. We would sample all the different cakes. Like we just would go kind of in order and just order a slice and eat it. Not in one sitting, but, you know, like maybe twice a week. It would be like, which cake are we going to meet up and taste today? And uh, and the best one that we had was like a white cake with, I want to say it had like a fudge ribbon running through it, oh. plus whipped cream, plus bananas. So it was basically like an, like a, like an ice cream sundae, like a banana split without the ice cream, but with cake instead of ice cream. Wow. Oh, it was so good. That sounds really good. It was too Do your listeners know about your house? (laughs) Um, I think that I don't ever put pictures of my house up, but sometimes people comment on little bits and pieces of it. They'll like identify something in the house that they really like. And so that'll get mentioned. So I like to think that people have a weird patchwork quilt of ideas stitched together about what my house must be like. Yeah. I invite you to add to that quilt. It's just... It's very well done. Like it looks like we're on a set of Mad Men. Oh, thank you. Yeah, all your furniture has the vintage look, but but not beat up. Like it's new. Like right. Like I mean, they it would is get old for the show. It's old, but it's all like well, refurbished. It looks new, uh, and it's like all your posters and colors and stuff. It does seem like like I would be nervous if I lived here. If I like put some like a glass down next to like some of your well organized kitschy right you know ornaments because right. i can tell it you go in and it's you take your time with it you know what i mean it's not just like and that there like it's very nice it's all so nice here thank you so much i i feel a little bit like i can never have a house this night like i think i know a little bit how to make a house look nice then you yeah. go into janet varney's house and you're like <laughs> oh no, no I don't think I could oh, do it. No, every detail is is amazing in oh, here. Kristen, thank you so. You just much. go. I could tell. That now you I'm buy looking something. around like I've never seen it before. I'm looking around like it's my first time. Yeah, like you you purchase an item and it's the perfect thing for your house, and then you leave it, set it down in just the right place, and walk away forever. Yeah, and it's like. <laughs> 
Damn it. But the truth is that I, that first of all, I'm a slob. So I yeah, actually right. do. Kristen, don't make me the clean out pristine. all the shit. No, the couch that you're even sitting behind, like I eat on that couch all the time. I and I've just couch. gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't <laughs> the, care if I Okay, I just want to also tell the, okay, I don't, I'm sorry, I know this is your podcast, but you're a liar. The couch, <laughs> no, it's not. The couch is white. It's cream And there are no, no stains. If you turn around, you'll see some places where I've gotten some beets oh, on it. There's like mustard like, all over it's it. It's barely there. There's a lot of mustard it's, on it. I have to take my <laughs> a lot. I have to take my clothes and these cushion covers to the dry cleaners regularly. And I think that well, the he fact, must think I live on mustard. The fact that you take your cushion covers to the dry cleaners yeah. tells a lot about you. Because I'm, when I made the decision to get like a camel colored couch, I was I like, I know, oh, but boy. then you take it to the dry cleaners. I, I wouldn't even think I could do that. I, I would know. just like basically... I would throw a pillow over it and there's like some of that going on shame. too i guarantee you kristen has tried to snob me out she's trying to make me into a snob i'm not calling you a snob i'm calling no, you i'm calling you an artist oh this is what an artist does this is what an oh. art decorator does is they set up they set it up the house and play this is what my aunt does she was a commercial art director and i love her house she just sets it up so well yeah. And it is a skill. It's something that you have to have. Well, I thank you. It is something that I do take. I guess I take it seriously in the sense that like I feel better about anything else in my life that's not going the way I want it to if I have like a nest where I feel right. safe and there's a lot of like comedic like humorous things that make me smile in here and just in general it's like you know, it's it, home is really I guess really important to me. Um well, but I, you know, and I guess you I do like a good job with too. it. Thank you yeah. very much. You're welcome. Um, did you eat a lot of like when you were uh, a teenager? Were you did you have like a sweet tooth? Um, like, do you enjoy like a, a really delicious dessert now oh, on yeah. a regular basis, or is it like once in a rare while you let yourself have something like that delicious brownie? When I was growing up, or now? Or I answer, I asked you three questions at once. Uh, I love I love sweets. I actually used to eat sweets a lot, and then I got to this. Um, place then like I would eat all sweets like snicker bars and you know like all that shitty candy on top of like cakes and whatever I wanted always I, I didn't crave it but if it was there I would definitely eat it yeah and then it's um, like I don't even think we had time to crave it because it was always there yeah it was always That's there how it was for me anyway yeah and then I had uh this well this is like a some medical history is I had this uh fibroid which is a, a tumor on your or in or on your uterus which is pretty common pretty common right? yeah. uh, actually um it's more common in in African American women it was on the outside of my uterus and it and it cuz I had cuz I mean like you know, uh, gynecologists, women's healthcare in this country, all around the world, is is not up to my standards. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it it got out of it got unchecked, so it grew to be two pounds. I'm jumping right into this, but I thought I I thought something was that I was just gaining weight, and I didn't right. know what it was. So I was like, for the first time, I was like, because I kind of kept the same weight. I was like, I should go on a diet. So I went on the only diet I've ever been on, and it was the South beach diet uh -huh. so you cut out sugar yeah and i would have dreams at night vivid dreams of like eating a butterfinger candy bar and then i would yeah. wake up and i think like well i guess i ruined the diet and i'm like oh my god that was just a dream because it was so incredibly so, vivid. and my brain was like trying but after i think i was able to do it for two weeks and i um did not lose that fibroid <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a surprising twist that the, the fibroid the, weight the didn't, fibroid didn't shed right off. Uh, it probably even grew more. But I, uh, I actually stopped craving shitty, uh, shitty junk food. Yeah, like I, it didn't taste like the Snickers bar actually didn't taste good to me anymore. That's what happened to me too. Yeah, I mean that's not to say I don't still have a sweet tooth because I yeah. do. But the things that used to satisfy that now that just tastes like artificial and like chemical garbage and yeah for like, the, yeah yeah so it's good i'm glad that happened yeah i mean sort of well yeah so did you have to get it removed ultimately <laughs> yeah, i had to get surgery and is it more like so was on the outside is the difference between outside and inside is one more common than the other i'm not sure i mine was uh pretty uh Except for the fact that it was so big, it was um, truncated. What does two pounds look like? I mean, so if you think like, it like if you uh, a bag of powdered sugar, okay, and pick it up, that's okay. a pound, and just right. think how heavy that is, and then put another one on top of that. Oof. Um, but does yeah. that mean it was like? Does it is in the it was shape dense. of powdered sugar? No, no, it was I mean, the, in the shape of a bag. Of it powdered was sugar. like a size of a grapefruit. So they really grow like round. I guess like, I think so. I actually yeah. didn't really, re- uh, yeah, because they like that. Isn't sort of it amazing that, that your body? I know you, you know, you your body did change to accommodate it, but it is amazing. And this is a kind of grim topic, but like it is amazing what because you you don't feel like there's that much mass as a, like a tall, slender girl. It doesn't seem like there's that much body mass that could accommodate something that size. Yeah, that it just be in there. Like it's just in there. Yeah, taking up space. Oh, I. I wasn't accommodating it very well. Like I was having, it was, it was sticking out so much that I was, you know, I luckily I wear dresses that sort of drape over my beer belly. So that was, but I was starting to dress around it to try to hide it. Oh boy. It was, yeah. And how, and when did, was it figured out and discovered that that's what it was? Um, it was figured out. Since you didn't enjoy, since you don't enjoy the OBGYN of American medicine. Oh, she was terrible because she, when I went in, because I was like, something's wrong. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then she was like, she was like, I went in and in June, um, it was, it was like four years ago. I went in and she said, oh, that's bad. Then she was like, first she made me take a pregnancy test. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I was like, I don't think that's possible. She's like, you never know. You know, like you've got this thing inside. I was like, oh my god. So then Just I the, like failed things, the, the, all the checklists that they have to uh, check yeah. off, like each yeah. thing. So not pregnant. So that was. I was just like, wow, here we go. Like it was a very awful visit. Then she's well. First, when I walked in there, she said that I don't. Um, she's dropping my um, my health insurance, my insurance provider. So I was right. like, oh well, something's wrong, and you're my doctor, and I I'll pay for it. I just need to find out something. She's right. Like, I'm dropping you. You're out of here. But I'll look at this. <gasps> That's so. Then shitty. she said, oh, you're pregnant. Oh, you're not pregnant. Then she said, I think you might have cancer. What? Then she sent me to the hospital to get an ultrasound, and basically I could never come back to see her. So then the people at the ultrasound are these Russian women, and this is all in New York, and they were like, oh my God. Like everybody, everybody, it was, so I just walked out of there that day thinking for the first time really about like my mortality. It was a very awful feeling. Um, of and then, course. And then I, and then I, uh, and then finally I found this, actually, this is so, this is so boring. No, it's not boring, but this is the thing. Listen, 
this is a long this story. Is the, yeah, but this is the kind of stuff that I that I'm so glad when people bring up because inevitably I'll get emails from a bunch of people who are like, I went through something like this. Thank right, you right, right. for like making me know that like I'm not crazy that our oh, health great. system does suck and the whole oh, thing. So this sucks. isn't like my podcast isn't like I need you to be more funny. Now. Oh no. Okay. Cool. So yeah. let me. I'll, I'll wrap this up. So long story. Or so what happened was. Since my healthcare, which was a Screen Actors Guild, was not was dropped by her, and then dropped by a bunch of the top of the people, because I was like, I need a new gynecologist. I've got something like I've got a tumor inside me. Oh my god! And so I would call all these gynecologists in New York, and none of them took Screen Actors Guild. And it was just, I was told them the problem, they didn't care. I'm like, I think I might have cancer. And of you course, were like, you, listen to me, I'm think? an entertainer. <laughs> Do you know how important that is? Well, I make people smile for a living. Right, right. But also, if you say, like, like, I was told I might have cancer, and uh, can you take me? And they don't have your health insurance. They're going to be like, no. Yeah, never. No, never. you know. And so I ended up, um, my aunt Holly uh, has had a gynecologist out here that she really liked in Glendale. She lives in Burbank. So I ended up getting an appointment and flying out oh here to get the surgery done. Uh, and she sat me down, um, Dr. Kornfeld, and just explained what, what was happening to me like for the first time. Right. Like, it's a fibroid. It's not... It's here's what happens. But your uterus. Well, how much time passed between when awful woman said, by the way, I think you yeah. have cancer we, and Dr. Weeks, Kornfeld. A few weeks. Oh, that's and the whole so thing, scary. The whole Kristen. thing. I know the whole thing could have been so much easier to, to go through. Yeah. If this was like, oh, you know, it's a fibroid. Um, I just didn't know. So she said, it's a fibroid oh. and here's your deal. And, and um, I can get you into surgery. And, and I went into surgery and. She took it out and then I got to see it and it was so you big. You did get to see it. I didn't get to see it. I got to see a picture of it, but it was big. She put like a scalpel, a scalpel beside it and yeah. it was the length of a scalpel. Oh my. And I had like, she stapled me up. So I basically had a C-section all, all around. It's like my, I think my uterus was like ready to make a, a baby, which is what it's there for. And I wasn't right. letting it. Right. So it's like, I'll make something. God right. damn it. <laughs> But it was on the outside, <laughs> which was actually really nice because I think I'm being on the outside. If I ever do have children, it's a little bit right. It was she like didn't less have to invasive. cut it. Although I think if it's on the inside, they can actually go through your vagina and cut it out instead of cutting you wide open, oh. which is what happened to me. Um, so that is why I I ate the brownie. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that is how this story started. Mm-hmm. That is marvelous. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I tend to do on the podcast, which is at some point I like to find out a little bit more about where you grew up, specifically where you spent your adolescence. Um, so where was that? Where were you? Were you, where were you born and raised? And and were, did you move, or were you always in the same place? I was born and raised in Longmont, Colorado. Okay, which is a suburb of nothing. It's like basically, I always say it's fifteen minutes uh, away from Boulder. Okay, which is where you you CU is University of Colorado, and that's where I grew up. It's interesting. My I I I have had I think maybe zero Coloradans on the podcast until 
the last one I just recorded was this uh, lovely girl named Jolie Jenkins, and she's from Boulder. Oh, cool. So I, I, the last two recordings now, I have back-to-back Colorado. All right. Which is kind of interesting. Um, and so you went to school. Did you go to, to high school there in, what did you say, Long? Longmont. 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 Like long, a long mountain. Like Longmont. Okay. Longmont. And so if, if it was 15 minutes away from Boulder, was it very mountainous? Like were you still like right kind of in the... Yeah, it was gorgeous because in it, the long mountains. Yeah, the long mountains were basically spread out before you on the horizon. Gorgeous. So it was just like flat, like you know, farmland, and then boom, beautiful yeah. Pikes Peak. Watch and, out, wham! Yeah, the flat irons, which is which is basically the backdrop for Boulder, and yeah, and it was just like as far as I can see, left and right, all mountains. Love it. Yeah, love it. And did two questions? I guess this is a short question. A short, short question, short answer. Do you ski? No. Because I don't either. And I'm from Arizona, so people don't expect me to ski. But do right. people expect you to yes. ski? Yeah. They do. And I did, when I was little, to, I took several, a couple of few ski lessons. And I just never enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy um, the feeling of of just careening down a mountain to me. Because I'm not very coordinated. So never, I never felt safe. I never felt the freedom. It always right. just felt dangerous. And I would just like wedge just down the mountain, just try to get down the mountain was like my only goal. Right. Which is like not, <laughs> it's not why you good do it. for you for understanding that like it, that wasn't, a, that wasn't your thing. No. Like it doesn't matter where I live or how convenient it is for me no. to do this. It's okay if I'm not into this. And it's also, it's like you have to get uh, ski boots that, um, click into the skis right. or even click into your snowboard and they're very hard to walk in. Yeah. It's like, ugh, it doesn't make any sense. And you have to rent, you have to get like a whole outfit. It's like a real production. Right, right. Uh, to do it. And, <laughs> yeah. That wasn't for you. No. Okay. And then my other question is, and this is a little bit more specific and strange and it says a little bit more about me than about you that I'm asking it. But I grew up in Tucson, which is, also very it's a valley in the middle of like mountains in every direction it's it's sprawling so the mountains aren't up close <clears throat> the way they are in Colorado but I feel like what I've realized about myself ever since living there was no matter where else I've lived be it Flagstaff which is exactly like Boulder or Longmont it's just like oh, yeah. the same climate the same altitude the same mountain ranges like mountains just to the north right we have mountains just to the north uh, they would really be west great okay so different but <laughs> similar and um and then when i moved to san francisco i think that the mountains were just replaced by buildings for me and so my question is how do you feel about flat open spaces like how do you feel about just being out in the ocean like on a cruise or being on an island where everything's flat or being in central part of america where everything's flat and there are mountains do you like that or do you feel like um where are I'm the like mountains yeah, it it is disorienting for knowing. Uh, I n- I never know what direction is what now. Like living in Colorado, I always knew west, and I eventually learned north. But it's still touch and go. Right. My dad hates that. My dad's always and he like, it's like I never learned it. I'm terrible. But but he still gives directions that way. He's like, right. well, you're gonna go east, right? I'm like, what? Especially if I, if I don't know where the mountains are. But uh, yeah, wide open spaces, I'm cool with. Yeah. I like them. What I don't like, especially after living in New York and seeing how good good use of of space is there and the economy of space is, I don't like driving around Long Colorado and seeing these long flat malls that mm-hmm. just take up acres. Yeah, 
And it's just like, why would you do that? Like, I understand you want to sell this retail, but you just took up so much land. Like, build up. Just build up. Yeah. You know, I I know maybe it's not good to your aesthetic or whatever, but but I just think it's healthier than than the long. Yeah. Like you I I drove by a mall that was so long. Like it like I could like have taken a nap before we would have been (laughs) to the end of it. But think of all the great stores inside. (laughs) All the Abercrombie and Fitches. Hopefully there's more than one just in one mall. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty rough. Did you go I mean, when you were growing up, did you do the sort of typical stuff like that. I obviously weren't out skiing. Was it was, did you sort of do the like, and now we're just going to go to the mall, not to do anything, but just to be there. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I was at the mall all the time. Yeah. The twin peaks mall. Oh, and I like to ascribe the values of the show twin peaks to the twin peaks. Oh, do so. So there was a creepy log store. There was a store that only sold red velvet drapes. There was a button run by a dancing midget. Yeah. There was a place that served pie and black coffee. And a dead girl. There was Every a dead girl. day. Same girl. So it wasn't the dead girl store. It was just there was always a dead girl wrapped yeah. in plastic. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it had an Orange Julius. Yeah. My, and it had an arcade. And it had a... How about a Hot Sam pretzels? Uh, it probably did. I, I just remember a Euro restaurant which was strange for Longmont but so good yeah um are there is it a, a an ethically an ethic I almost said ethically an ethically diverse were there psychopaths and nice people yes always good and were there uh ethnically diverse groups as well in Colorado because I that I don't know if I know uh yeah there was a lot of um of Mexicans Mexican Americans um and Mexicans mm-hmm. and I would say it felt to me like it was almost half and half, at least at, at least at my high school and stuff. But I could be wrong. Um, but that's what it felt like. And then that there that was it, like the major thing. I remember there was like one um, like black kid that came to my high school and he was like adopted. Oh, wow. Yeah, I never and Jewish people. I did not know a Jewish person until I left Colorado. Interesting. Yeah. Well, now I'm like, I can't. They're all everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they're all my friends now. It's yeah. like, like weird if I meet someone who isn't Jewish. Agreed. Agreed. But there, but in Colorado, I never met one. So I was like, never went to a bar mitzvah, yeah. you know, really missing out. These guys who listen to the podcast know I did do my share of bar and bat mitzvahs and I wanted to be Jewish. So I would like try yeah. to learn i wanted to be able to chant along with because all my friends were jewish and everybody knew what was going on except me and i i wanted to feel like i knew what was going on but you so got invited at least prayers and stuff i did yeah that's pretty cool um thanks <laughs> i have a real cachet for having being for being a shiksa who went to all those a shiksa. Mitzvahs, yeah. when, I, when i went to northwestern someone called me a, a goya mm-hmm. is that a word yeah something I, like that because there's goy and then maybe i couldn't sound less jewish right now but yeah yeah, I know. Yeah. Me neither. Like a Gentile. You're like a Gentile. Disappointing, yeah. yeah. Someone called you that and you, what? I, well, I was like, oh, huh? <laughs> you know, I knew it might not be good, uh, but it not, might not be bad. I don't right. know. Yeah, maybe. It, I don't know that it means one thing or another. It just depends on what the person intends. Yeah. Um, do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older brother. Okay. And so, did your parents stay together? Yep. They're still together. That's fantastic. Are yours still together? Okay. No. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. 
they split up when I was really young, like four or five. Oh, wow. They were so never meant to be together. Yeah, I didn't have like, oh, I don't have a lot, like really any memories of them together or anything. And was your brother, how much older your brother uh, is your brother? Is he? He's like three and a half years older. Was he, were you like annoying to him when yep. he was growing? Yeah. So you weren't like best no. buds. Oh, no. He... Did you have crushes on his friends? Um, yeah. Yeah. He, well, sort of. He, he did have a band and I did feel a little bit like Don Wiener from, um, welcome, welcome to, to the, the dollhouse because they'd practice in a garage and I would just hear the hear the song and I would sing along with it it was a weird song it was like um, it went this is my doggy ray doggy ray I don't even know what that means look at him come out and play oh this is like a, do, a do, super do, cool do, song do, do, about do. a dog I guess so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rest, but like, mm, the, oh, they're playing the Doggy Race song. And I was just always excited yeah. when the band would play. Were you, so was your brother like cool? He was like cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he was cool. Did you, and you guys obviously went to the same high school. Yeah, but he would have been, he was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay. And, he, and instead of like introducing me to his friends, he told me to stay away from his friends. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, what, and then, so what were you like? Were you cool also? Were you, what kind um, of people did you hang out with? Well, I was what you would call a social butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was okay. I definitely, um, I'm trying to think of, and I, this is just the way I might just want to remember my high school, but I kind of feel like like um, the cliques were, were pretty peaceful, you know, like... I, I think- <laughs> Opposed to like violent rivalries. Yeah, like uh, like a bop got her head cut off yesterday, yeah. you guys. Well, because you know, like all the bullying and yeah. people went like, "Were you bullied?" Like junior high, I I was definitely bullied and and scared all the time you about were getting by beat whom? up. Oh, like um, these girls, these like older girls who were uh, kind of like to me, they were like 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 terrible uh not popular but also like like they'll beat up anyone who comes in front of them kind of mm-hmm. thing and i was just so easy to pick on mm-hmm. and i and and i but they didn't um they were just just let, let it know let it be known that they would like kick my ass but never did right but i was always just like in fear of it it yeah. was and then there was like some guys in my english class that would make fun of me yeah, some, especially in junior high, I remember boys were just mean. Yeah. Like I got picked on a lot by boys and I to this day don't know if part of it was just like they liked me or if part of it was that they were just so confused and weirded out from like that seems like it's the age where like you don't you kind of want to go out with girls, but you're still young and you're still shorter than them or whatever. And like yeah. I just had so many people give me like a lot of crap to like where my heart just would hurt during the day because someone would just say something mean to me. Oh yeah, for no, for apparently no reason. Some yeah. boy, and I would just be like, "Can I go home now? Like, how yeah. much longer at school do I have to stay before, like, with this crushed feeling in my stomach?" Yeah, like, it's oh, true. Boy, it is. That's it was. A, I I remember vividly the moment where, and I don't know if it was at some point if it happened in high school. I think it was in high school where all of a sudden like shouting a name at someone and just like putting someone down was just something that wasn't done anymore. And I was like, Oh, that's not done anymore. (laughs) And I was like so happy. And it was like, if you do that now, like that you're the bad person. Like it's not like the, the, yeah, 
you like you can't do like the protection of that was really exciting um but you had you had to like graduate to it right okay we're gonna take a break i will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at maximum fun I'm Ify Wadiway, the host of Maximum Film. I'm Alonzo Duralde, also the host of Maximum Film. And I'm Drea Clark, yet another host of Maximum Film. Every week, we hosts huddle up. Usually with an illustrious guest. And we talk about films. We have film news. We have film quizzes. We answer your film questions. It's like the maximum amount of film talk. That's why we call it Maximum Maximum Film. Film! Maximum Film, the movie podcast that's not just a bunch of straight white guys. New episodes weekly on MaximumFun.org. All right, wonderfuls, as your calendar starts to fill back up during the holidays and after in the new year, you can count on HelloFresh to get you some of your free time back by making cooking simple and quick. Each recipe and pre-portioned ingredients come right to your door so you can skip the grocery store and a lot of the prep. HelloFresh's Festive Eats makes mealtime a snap. Yeah, you can choose from holiday-inspired dinner recipes or seasonal add-ons or even a three-course offering. Bon appetit. All designed to make holiday meals extra yummy and easier than ever. Quality. Let me repeat that. Quality is HelloFresh's priority. That means ingredients travel from the farm to your home in less than seven days so you know they're fresh. You know when you eat a meal that's so good that you kind of start crying a little bit because you know it's not going to last forever? That is the experience I had eating my vegan chickpea coconut curry the other day. I was making all of those faces that <laughs> that are so embarrassing, but so right when you're eating something that good. There was like a sense of like, oh, this is too good. This is so good. That right now is probably my current favorite, although every single salmon recipe that I've gotten from HelloFresh has been absolutely magnificent. So there's like a second place of like 13 items all with salmon. So, so good. So if you want to cry over food that's too good to be believed, just go to HelloFresh.com slash JVClub21 and use code JVClub21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Can you believe what I just said? I'm going to say it again. I almost contacted HelloFresh to be like, I think you made a mistake in this advertisement. You can't possibly be giving away 21 meals. They absolutely are. You need to do it right now. You got to go to HelloFresh.com com slash jvclub21 use code jvclub21 and get those free meals and free shipping you are not going to regret it but you might cry a little because the food's so good then in high school so you were like you said that you were a social butterfly well yeah so in Smashing high around from uh, group to just, group from well, peaceful group to peaceful group peaceful group they all wanted a piece of the no nobody but i i was uh in forensics which was speech and debate and i was in um theater i did lots of all the plays i could i did an after school um program that did even more theater outreach stuff and then i did uh like art i was in the art club you know i i was in every club that didn't involve sports um and I hung out with the band, even though I couldn't play an instrument. I I would just sit with the band during football games because I thought oh. they were cool. Um, were they cool? Was the band cool in, in I, your school? Yeah, they were cool. Yeah, there's cool kids. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, people joke about like the band camp thing and the sort of like some people say that like school bands are uh, have nerds in them, but I I kind of. I don't have really a strong sense of any of the stuff that was going on, like at a game, including the band. But I don't remember ever thinking that people in band were nerdy. Yeah, me neither. I thought they were really funny, and I was in awe that they could play an instrument. Yeah, and I I loved them, and I and I 
but I do remember there was a popular group. And um, I remember us like being like, ugh, the popular group, you know, and like not like, and just being like, ugh, because, you know, but I don't remember the popular group even knowing that we were alive, which is probably what, what made us mad. Right, right. <laughs> but they never like picked on us or anything. Like they were perfectly polite all the time. Yeah. They were just very good looking. That's all I remember. <laughs> they were like all good looking and they were all friends. Right. They all kind of lived in the same neighborhood and uh, they were all pretty decent people. That's <laughs> right, but not maybe. But they just weren't. They weren't our friends, and we were, we were pretty good looking. But you know, <laughs> I think. It, but we had we you know we had a ways to go. What um what did you what was your style like when you were in high school? What were you into oh, aside man. from doing theater and stuff? I cleaned out my my closet. I had to go back to Colorado because my mom was like you have to clean out your closet from my childhood closet and I found my favorite shirt. This was, this was a common outfit. It said visualize world peas. Oh my God. Thought it was the funniest. So it was peas. P E A S. Yeah. Was there also like a W H I R L E D visualize world. It was a super pun. Oh, super pun. I thought it was the best shirt ever made. Yeah. I wore it to to threads and I wore it with um, plaid pants and a red cardigan and I had my hair was long and I always put it in a braid and it's shockingly easy for me to imagine this did you wear like um not like full boot Doc Martens, but like just Doc Martens, like I, the like regular. I had Mary Oxford Jane Doc, Doc Martens. There you go, Burgundy Mary I'm Jane Doc Martens. Seeing them with yeah. the plaid pants, like <laughs> yes, and the yes. red cardigan. It is and the bright. It's so easy to picture. Yeah, that was Love my it. outfit, and oh. I I wore it all almost like a uniform. Yeah. And I loved uh, Skink and Pickle, the band. Oh, it was, I don't know who that it's is. It's a ska band. Okay, all right. Um, I was into I ska. should have known from the plaid pants. I should have Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was. A, I wanted to be like a rude girl, yeah. which was they would wear uh, lots of like checkers and, you know, big pearl necklaces. And um, I didn't own those things, but I wanted to. <laughs> Um, Which actually would have been easy for you to obtain those things, but for some reason you never crossed over. No, never got into because I doubt they're real pearls. Oh yeah, I they're doubt big they're real pearls. Bobbles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A rude girl. Where did that term come from originally? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But they, but then like you would it was skank. like Andrew podcast. It was like J- Jonathan yeah. Rude girl. Jonathan Rude yeah. was a famous uh, Scott <laughs> fan. She went to all the shows. Skank and Pickle. What is it? who else all I could think of is Cakey Pickle but there was so so many of them I think I interrupted you too when you were saying something else about girls and or like another girl band or something I don't know when I got oh no that, but I would yeah I that that was a that was my that was my jam that and was what I would look like pretty much did you go to live shows all the time yeah well I yeah we in Longmont there was a big at least among my my band friends and stuff was like garage bands and they were all, you know, playing like garage punk. Uh, and there was shows all the time. So I went to every single one of them. And then I started dating someone who was a drummer for one of the bands. 
um, Facet, the band Facet. Oh, that's a good, like, pompous name for a band. <laughs> that's a great, pompous, one-word band name. Facet. Facet. Love yeah. it. Yeah, so I went to almost all of their shows. And it's still funny. I went to all their shows. I went to lots of... I saw The Cure. I was really into The Cure. Mm-hmm. Really into Tori Amos. Still him. Ani DeFranco. I was in a... You know, was on my... Uh, I would listen to all those a lot. And um, and I went to shows like, you know, Lollapalooza and all that stuff. To the point where... I got into my like mid to late twenties and like going to concerts now, especially now. No, thank you. I know. Me it's too. just no, thank you. I did I it know. so hard. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I did too. God, I mean, you, I could go to like three back to back, like three nights in a row. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like tonight we're seeing this, tomorrow this, next day this. Yeah. Never going to get tired. Like my back's never going to go out on me. <laughs> it just was. And it was. And I'm glad. I mean, that's, I feel that way about a lot of stuff, right? Is yeah. like, I'm kind of glad I did it really young. Yeah. Because that's sort of when I could take it. Like when my body and my brain could take all the stuff I put it through. Yeah. So that I feel like I had the experience. Now, having said that, girls, you know, I like to say, do not feel the need to go out and live that hard. Um, oh, no, oh well we're just saying concerts what are you saying oh, to these, these guys girls know. these guys know i did i did my share of drugs too which was like what very, kinds of drugs mostly lsd in high school yeah. wow yeah. that's but intense. i think it totally fucked good me up. for you no it totally oh. fucked me up and i wouldn't recommend it to anybody but i did it and i can't take that back no you, and i wouldn't change it why are you have flashbacks man, or no although that'd be really funny <laughs> so what if i flash back into like eating a butterfinger oh my god i had the most intense <laughs> lsd flashback that i was eating a butterfinger oh, I've had one too. it's funny because when you said that i i i i can definitely remember what a butterfinger tastes like very very specifically i definitely couldn't tell you the last time i had one like mm, 10 years maybe whoa a long really? time since i had it like Oh, a piece man, of candy like that. Oh, can you not have it? But it's so I don't know what Butterfinger has in it. But I but I do know that when I think about it now, I can kind of do I can imagine it, but I have to say I already can imagine that plasticky milk chocolate taste. Like uh, it's not I'm not imagining it the way it tasted good to me. Now I'm yeah. fortunately even imagining it, I imagine it as the it's thing so that gross. I don't like. I did have a little fun size one, a couple fun size ones the other day in the sound booth and Mm -hmm. and it's good it's still you know what probably would make it taste better is if they were a little melted because then the plasticky part taste of the milk chocolate wouldn't be as obvious but there's not a lot of chocolate on it yeah mostly that it's just like orange stuff orange stuff what is that orange stuff supposed to be and taste like little butterfinger i don't know man I, it's like uh, butterfinger is a real thing like yeah. it's mimicking the natural it's from occurrence the butter of people. the butterfinger <laughs> it's it's uh yeah. it's kind of like i th- i want to say it's a little bit like a toffee or a butterscotch so it's like a but okay like a it's like a flaky butterscotch. butterscotch kind of yeah okay I want to go back, not that I don't want to keep talking about Butterfingers, but I want to go back to you dating someone in a band. Yeah. And ask you, did you feel like, was there a concern about like the guy in the band? Like, no, no I mean, g- girlfriends I've had in my 20s who were actually girlfriends of band members who traveled were like, oh my God, I'm so worried all the time that my boyfriend's going to cheat on me. But does that translate to like a high school, like, 
you know, a band where they have gigs and stuff or you were at most of the shows, did you ever have this worry of like, oh my God, my boyfriend's like on stage in the sexy band. Like, <laughs> I hope I can hold on to him. Never. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. I never really thought of that band as particularly uh, sexy. Okay. Um, but no. We, <laughs> we, he was a really good guy. And we had a good relationship. I Actually, I really liked that. That, that was a relationship. It was my first boyfriend. And I'm, I was very, um, very fortunate that, that, that it was with him. Because he was really good to me until, until it was over. I don't and know. Then, oh, well. Well, you know, yeah, I was like, oh, it's, it's it's never not, fun you're not into this. Right. But you used to be. All right. Oh, right. Like, we're done. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a moment that we've all been through. Yeah. That's how they yeah. end. That's yeah. That's how they end. But uh, you strike me as someone, and a bit, this is based on nothing, but I guess I always, I guess I would imagine you picking like, like good guys. Like, I don't imagine you like going out with like jerks. Yeah. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. You didn't have like a bad boy. No, I had one. I had, um, I didn't have very many boyfriends, uh, to be honest. Like, I would say maybe, like, maybe definitely three that I would consider, like, boy, that they would consider. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good distinction. Yeah. (laughs) And then two, uh, just a, a few in between, um, that that were murky and weird and just sort of almost a little bit out of desperation and loneliness for sure on on both ends i would assume um and only out of even out of that those couple um one only one was legitimately like i was disappointed in myself for yeah for going down that road and it wasn't even bad it was just like i've been had such a good record with such great guys and this one guy was just kind of like kind of super lame and it did not last long but also also he dumped me and that's the other part of my history with guys is i have never been one to do the dumping like i've i've always been the dumped but but you know there's something nice about that too right. i feel like i feel like if i had to dump someone i would always be second guessing myself about it yeah at least out of all the relationships that i had like was that a bad idea or, unless there's something major that happens like right. a big cheating on thing right and is so with the dumping being the dumpy i guess um it's such a, tor- a terrible word for just someone deciding that like you aren't going to be together anymore it doesn't have to be as dumping makes it sound like they just unceremoniously are like see ya yeah bye-bye. but it's but w- that feeling of god i mean it's something again it's not specific to and i've ever i've tons of male listeners as well as females it's probably about 50 50 percent of uh gender wise but that feeling i don't know why i'm like clinging to this right now as a concept but maybe it's because i like, probably watched a movie lately where someone like got their heart broken or whatever but that feeling of no like feeling you, that someone's drifting or that you're losing someone is never easy at any age but like in high school too it just so everything's so like hard and great and passionate and scary and sad and everything so up and down and like how how would you would you sense that that was coming? Would you like sense it was coming and sort of try to do stuff to like keep it from happening, or were you surprised if it happened, or was it just a mixture of 
Like with those three guys, for example. Oh, they weren't in high school, though. Oh, okay, okay. The, the Yeah, the first boyfriend I didn't get until like a couple months before I graduated high school. Okay, so that was a band. I was a that constantly, was a um, I was an unrequited okay. through okay. high school. I totally misunderstood. Oh, yeah, no, I'm talking about my whole life. Oh, That's how pathetic. Yeah, no, I'm talking about since I got married I gotcha. last in September. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's how many boyfriends I've had. had. So okay. I'm... I've been more alone, more alone than with someone, which is also kind of great in a sense. It's wonderful, that, yeah, the way that you kind of developed I've, your I persona. I wouldn't change it for the yeah, world, absolutely. Yeah. Because that's how I mean. I felt even. I don't know how much I've said about this. I don't know that I have said that much about it with with the listeners of the podcast. But I had really been in relationships for like all of my 20s and and until I you know until my relationship with Chris ended and I did have that feeling of like it, it, looking back on my life it wasn't like I had made the conscious choice to always be in a relationship and my relationships were long term so it's not like I was like in a 6 month relationship followed back to back with an 8 month relationship it was like years and years like 3 years with someone then 5 years with someone then 7 years with someone but when you do the math on that you're like Oh my gosh, that's like me not being, you know, me not being single, which is such a weird way to define yourself anyway, because that suggests that like you're defining yourself based on the fact that you should be in a relationship and aren't like somehow that's sort of how I think of single in some way. Yeah. Like single means like available or like you're waiting for that next relationship opposed to like you're just being you because you don't need to be in a pair with someone all the time. But I just wasn't for such a long time. And I think I didn't know how to do that. And my biggest fear now is that I love being alone so much that I'm never going to let anyone else in like to that degree that I'm just going to be like, this is great, but I never want to live with anyone oh, again. No, but maybe you- I'll feel that way. Well, you know what? For for me, yeah, that was the thing. Like, I wanted to make sure that whoever I was with was a good guy. And usually the fact that they wanted to be with me I luckily w- meant they were a pretty good guy because yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit of a weird package. I mean, like, I'm just not like a, you know, like they saw something in me, I think, past like, oh, she's like a hot Barbie. Right. Like she's like a quirky stand up. And I'm like really into this is yeah. takes a different kind of guy. Yeah. And it was luckily a pretty awesome guy. A, a couple the couple times that it happened. Yeah. But it was. um but yeah, it was. It was. Those the relationships. How about how long were oh, like so short? Really, even the girl, the boyfriend ones, the like three yeah. official boyfriend. Oh ones? yeah, yeah, very short. Except for my husband. Is what the does short mean? One. Like a few. Well, months two really years crying. for the first one. Okay, that's not so. I short. I would say that's nine months. months for the second yeah. one. Um, yeah. And do the and so let's go back to what I asked about the feeling of like, do you start to feel the drift and? I'm just saying this because I know we've all gone through it and it's sometimes yeah, it's nice to hear someone that these guys think, you know, obviously they're listening to this because they think you're marvelous. So it's nice to hear <laughs> That's somebody true. who's they're gone taking through their time. it. That's right. It's, it's nice to hear someone who's gone through it say, you know, listen, this is like, this is what, yeah, it's, it's really hard. There's a, a song by The National that I love that um, is, I can't, I can't remember what it's called, but I do love it. Uh, but it's about how he's like, you know, don't tell me that I've changed. You're just raising your standards. I'm the same, but you've decided that you need something different. And that it's a song about that feeling of like, I feel that, 
he says, you know, you're measuring me lately and I can tell I'm losing weight. Like this oh, idea that's of, you really, know, that's good. watching somebody kind of pull away from you and not wanting that to happen and not knowing how to like hold on to it or just release it and be okay with it and where yeah. your pride comes in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh... uh that song's really good. It was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. And then, because the thing is, is that I got my husband, and before that, it let her, I, it was around 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> being by myself. Yeah. Um, but I would say that when I got dumped, it was like, the thing is, both times, the, the two bigger relationships I was in, what happened was, it was, I moved to another city, both times. I moved to Chicago. And so that had to end because the long distance didn't work. And then the second time I moved to New York from Chicago. So that had to end. And I think it was the feeling end of like I would have kept it going because I was fine knowing that someone far away was loving me and I was loving them. And I like that was enough to sustain me, but it was never enough for them. And I don't I think in general it's and I could be wrong. But I feel like it's easier for women to do a long distance relationship because um, but I feel like men need need the the companionship a little bit more in a relationship. Like they need to be reminded that like they're there because they will find it. <laughs> but that's what yeah. so, so long distance is just a whole other bag. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Bringing that into it is is a whole other. So that metrics. so I didn't I couldn't say like that my relationships ended with with anything other than um, we live in a different city now. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And so I could... I, and but they, you made the choice to move. Oh, yeah. I, so, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, ultimately, like, you, although you obviously were willing to stay in the relationship and wanted that relationship to continue, it wasn't such a priority for you, the relationship Never. itself, that you were like, I oh. guess I won't move, you know, I got to stay with this person so I can stay in the relationship. No, I would never do that until this, if this husband I've got moved, then I might move. But that's... <laughs> That's well, it. that seems like a good. Uh, <laughs> when you've made the lifelong commitment to be with someone, it seems like maybe it's not a bad idea to uh, to do that. Um, I have a couple of things. We, there's a couple of games I like to play at the end, which we'll get into. Um, I want to acknowledge really quickly, David P. Um, I know that uh, I said I wanted to talk about some of the stuff that you brought up, and I do want to do that. I'm not going to do it with Kristen because we ended up talking so much about other stuff. Um, well, you're really getting into business business. I know. I just got into business it's mode. because I didn't have a good, I didn't have anything good about, about being dumb. No, I just looked at how, how long we've been talking and I thought, I could talk oh about my unrefined crushes. Well, this, is, what, this is why, this is why, because when I was talking to you about that, all of a sudden I had this like ding ding moment where I was asking you about your experience with heartbreak because I knew that it would make, you know, that it just makes people feel better to feel like yeah. they're not alone in that. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, that's right. I started, um, I was getting these wonderful emails from listeners who were kind of asking my opinion on stuff. And so I just barely like one to two episodes ago started this little section of the podcast called Junior Varsity. And it's where a guest gets asked a piece of advice oh, cool. from a reader and so, or from a listener. And so I wanted to, um, I wanted to just quickly, um, bring this, this up and uh, and if this if you're uncomfortable with this, then you know we can totally move on. I can even potentially edit this out. But um, 
I wanted to, this is like very, this is very specific and it's actually about rape. Okay. I know that's kind of grim. So let me just really, but I just want to quickly let's look. Let's get into this. Let's get into um, this. I just want to, I just want to look. Um, okay. I'm just going to read this and you can, and we can see what we think about this. Recently in one of my college courses, we were discussing rape. A girl, a girl made a bold claim that if a girl drinks and gets raped, it is essentially her fault. Also, she stated that the majority of rape claims are false. No one decided to challenge her assertion, so I did, which is extremely rare for me. I presented her with national reports that disproved her thoughts and factually supported all my claims that countered hers. She replied that I was naive to believe the two national crime database, databases in which statistics are based, which I found partially true because I do believe there are studies that can support anything. Thus, I went into deep research, so she found found a bunch of I'm just fast forwarding a little bit um but she found a bunch of statistics and um this girl that 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 this this listener that we'll call um initial L we'll call initial L L um saying uh that this girl in her class claimed that if a man is drunk and rapes a drunk woman it's not his fault mm. and uh and she said, throughout her response, uh, throughout my response to her, I apologized if I came off as attacking or putting words in her mouth. I used a very neutral tone. Um, I am far less concerned about being right than I am that she represents everyone that still has the belief that rape is the man or woman's fault. She will be in the jury or part of the public response that every rape victim f- fears. She's clearly passionate about believing it's a woman's fault in rape, which leads me to believe someone she knows was accused of rape falsely or accurately. And she is in denial or she's the product of her religion experiences or upbringing that has given her this belief. My question is when someone is so passionately in disbelief about something that is actually wrong, how does anyone get through to them? If facts will not work, if the answer is to leave it alone, how does change occur? This can be for any situation, not specifically rape, but anything from racism to homophobia. That's, an, that's a great awesome question. listeners. Yeah, that's I just have question. awesome, thoughtful listeners who are like educating oh, themselves, who are chills. trying to better the world. <laughs> so smart. So yeah. So so uh, so just obviously to recap, you know, she got into this altercation with someone who was saying things that you know well, she first thought of all, were patently false. I can't, believe, I can't false. believe the teacher did not. Didn't I know. say what she was saying. I know. Where was she? I guess just this teacher was just letting Ugh. the students have a dialogue. I mean, just to break this it This is good down. for someone who was in debate, by the way. You were in forensics. Well, I, yeah, but I did a humorous interpretation. <laughs> yeah, I, I read well, plays. Well, what's your humorous interpretation? No, 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 that'll be, Very I need eight kidding. minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that, okay, that belief, of, this is what's really scary, is that when I was in London a few years ago, there was some cases that, crept up for the first time where it was making the news because a cab driver um, had sexually assaulted his hundredth victim mm. and they were just taking him and letting him go and it just wasn't serious and then it, and some the newspaper uncovered it like why are you you know and there was a and also and I don't know if this is still true but at that time and this was probably six or six years ago um, they were also uh, throwing out cases if the woman was drunk, which is unbelievable to yeah. me. Um, it is not that. Yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable to me. It's so shocking. I like have but no I think words. That's, that's such a good point of hers is that like she was more less inclined to just be, you know, force the opinion of being right on her and more concerned about yes. like is this still a pervasive opinion and this is somebody a young person in a college yes. class how is this you know still a conversation really even and what do you do when somebody is obviously not thinking forward and moving progress forward in terms of like 
you know, protecting victims or, you know, yeah. gender equality or whatever you, you know, whatever the issue is, homophobia to her point. And, and I think you do ex- exactly what she did is, is go, is, you know, discuss, talk back about it. And like she said, she used a neutral tone. She didn't accuse her, which is exactly what you need to do. It needs to be an open dialogue. And it is hard when someone is so firmly in one belief to, right. to win them back over. But I think it's just like slowly over time, the more they hear that, the more they're hearing that side of it, um, the, the more it'll creep in. You know, if you're always hearing, you know, that, you know, all this victim blaming right. Right. going on, but then you hear some like real facts. It is really scary. The I, I also feel like, and, and this is going to be really controversial, but I think it's so hard and there's just, it's really like, um, there's nothing to gain for, you know, going to the cops and, and saying you've been raped, you know, like there's nothing for the victim to gain. Like if you, there's that one case with the Duke, everyone's going to bring up the lacrosse, Duke lacrosse team, which is so unfortunate right. where she was lying. Right. And that is, but it's not the majority. Right. So it's like there's yeah there is a couple crazy people here and there sure but the but the majority of women that have been raped have been raped and and it's so hard that they don't have the support system they need to be backed up right um it's really gross too i just saw this online is that the Steubenville um victim the Steubenville rapists are getting possibly less time in jail than the anonymous hacker. Did you read that? Oh no. I can't believe it. I mean, it's very calm, like very complicated, but <sighs> right. But it's, it's just an uphill battle in general. And, and um, if anything, we need to definitely protect, we just need to protect the victims and we need to just let women know, just keep talking about it. It's not their fault. Right. I think that's a really good point. And I think also, you know, in keeping with that and sort of, I think what uh, Elle is saying is, I mean, it never hurts to put a human face on it. Like, if this girl has someone in her life that has faced something that kind of puts her in the camp of it wasn't his or her fault, it wasn't rape or whatever, um, that it can really help to have people not have that stigma attached and not be afraid to step forward and say, this thing happened to me, and look at me, I'm not a... Like I'm not a weirdo and I'm not and I'm not manipulative and I'm just somebody who's I'm in fact I'm extremely uncomfortable admitting that this happened because there is such a stigma attached but it did and I would rather say that and acknowledge it so that other people feel encouraged to come forward or to just get to a place where there's a general understanding that like this is a real thing and there's no room to go eh maybe you know. Yeah, and the other thing too is it just reinforces behavior. If you don't, the the person who rapes and gets away with it and doesn't, there's no repercussions. It's just like you know, statistically, he's gonna rape again. Right. Like that's why it's just so important to like try to stop it in any way you can and just be just be supportive of anyone who says who says they were raped. I mean, that woman in that class sounds like she's living in a world where rape isn't real. Right. And it's very scary. Like I, I've just, I would be nervous for her. And also that whole thing about if a a woman is drunk, she is still a victim. Right. Like, yes, you, yes, of course you always need to be careful, but it, but you shouldn't, it's not, it's not your fault if you're raped for any reason. Yeah. Well, and I also don't think that like, 
that same, I mean, I guess you might, but in that same context, if a woman was drunk and she was murdered, would that be her fault? Right. Like what crime is right. okay? Like right. at what point does the crime stop being your fault? Exactly. Do you have to be dead? Exactly. Is that when it's not your okay. fault anymore? Now, well, that was too far. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, really a good, good that's a good way to put it. Actually. I don't think people really think about, about yeah. that. And, and that's another thing that's scary is that rape isn't, is that rape should should have so much weight on it. It right. should never be thought of anything less than a severe, severe crime. Yeah. You know? Ay, yeah, yeah. What a good, thoughtful question. Well, I'm and glad that young a, woman when, exists. And, and I'm, so, I'm so glad, too. And I'm so glad and that... And I hope she's still vocal. Um, I do, too. Yeah, you never want to be in a place where you feel like you get shut down and you can't... I just can't believe that teacher was just like, home, home. (laughs) Nobody said anything. I know. Ugh, get that teacher out of there. That is like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I don't want to take sides. You both raised really Uh, interesting points. It could be, listen, you could both be right. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. Those who can't teach, so. (laughs) Sorry. Um,. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to segue into one of our games, but I'm going to use that because that's kind of a heavy subject. I'm just going to say quickly while I get this um, fortune teller ready. uh, (laughs) Speaking of teachers, were you like the kind of student who did you have teachers that you just adored? Were you kind of like, oh, teachers, not so much? Oh, yeah, I loved my teachers. I was always very like um, mindful of authority really looked up to anybody who had a Mr. or Mrs. in front of their oh, name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I get it. You were like the polite ska student. Oh, yeah. I, I never wanted to rock a boat. That's yeah. for sure. I know. I feel like I, I walked around dressed like I was defying authority. And then I would totally politely raise my hand in class and be like, oh, what would you I love wear? Charles Dickens because, um, well, these guys know that I, I went through like a pretty major goth phase. Nice. So I definitely would like, I had like the blue hair and black lipstick, but would be like, Dilla Thomas's poetry did really move me, Mr. Mackey. Thank you so much. You know, it was like not. Just like no, black clothes every day. Yeah. And like, but then the black clothes turned into um, me stealing uh, clothes from the, uh, all the donated clothes in the theater department, like wardrobe. Oh, so nice. So we were like, I, but it was like the men's stuff or but like maybe like a polyester house coat or something like just whatever was weird. You just would, weird for weird sake. Yeah. You were bad. I know. <laughs> but I was a really good student. <laughs> but everyone knows that I did cheat in math a little bit. I've been honest about that. Um, okay, pick a color. Um, I'll go pink. P-I-N-K. Pick a number. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Pick another number. Seven. Okay. Seven. The question for seven is, what is one thing from your childhood or adolescence you held on to for too long? It could be a physical thing. It could be a behavior. It could be a point of view. Oh, that's good. Boy, let me, um, what do I hold on to? Too long. That either good. If it's too long, that implies it's bad. I guess it does. Um, so it's not, it so a bad habit? Yeah, maybe. Um, let's see. I think... I probably, uh, sorry. No, don't. Um, it's, it's a lot to be put on the spot. Yeah, it's real. It's like I'm in a therapist's office. Um, I guess my answer is that maybe I've held on to my selfishness too long for good and for bad. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I haven't had kids yet because I really value my time. 
Um, and that probably stems from also being alone for so long and always just like answering only to me and, um, and then just relearning how to, how to share my time. And I, and I think I had a lot of time by myself as a kid as well. Yeah. So maybe that. You know what? I think that's my answer also because that's really astute. And I, I feel like I'm going through that right now. Yeah. Being so selfish. <laughs> so God, I got to get over this. Um, I got to get over my damn self. Okay. So we're going to play uh, <laughs> yeah. a very elegant game of math. But I, I would say that there's something really, uh, to that point, um, it, definitely there's a lot of happiness in in focusing on yourself and, and being selfish all the time. But the, but you just have to find a balance. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of women are, it's rare for women to be as selfish as we are and, and that they should, they should like really reflect on whether or not they've like stopped and just thought about them. I agree. I mean, I think that you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think so many of our decisions as women we're conditioned to sort of make them based on what other people are th- really thinking or what, or they, what they want or what yeah. they need. Yeah. And so, yeah, we le- like you'll, you leave a bad. relationship because someone else tells you to, or you stay because he needs you or she needs you. Right. And you, yeah. I, and I that's, think that's also a, a beautiful quality as well. Yeah. I mean, to, to be a nurturer and to like really, you know, hone in on that is, is, is what I think makes women and, and, and men so, so beautiful, like the human race. But you're so um, right. It's balance. It's a balance. It's, it's totally and it's balanced. just learning that balance and, and being, sometimes you'll need to be more selfish and sometimes you'll need to really like dive into the other person and, and, and the other people in your life. Yeah. And just knowing when to do that. And I, I don't know if I do. I, I hope I do. I feel I feel that you do. Thanks, man. I, feel that <laughs> I think I think you do too. I feel that you do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. It could happen to you. You're all grown up now. A professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies. And one of those hobbies is video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And together we form Triple Click, a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Um, okay, so mash-wise, um, I'm going to start out, uh, I got to go straight to, I'm starting with my new number one favorite category, which if you don't enjoy Disneyland or Disney World, this is going to oh, be a problem. I love. But the latest, this thing that my friend uh, Tina came up with when she did the episode of the podcast was, which Disneyland or Disney World rides in some way, do you wish we're real? In some way. It doesn't oh, necessarily mean that easy, like, Space easy. Mountain makes you makes you an astronaut, but it could be like there's something about it. I was going to say Space so Mountain. So give me three. Oh, Space Mountain, I pretend okay. is real anyways. Yes. Especially walking through all the I love docks when they, and, that they set the mood uh, that way. That's, that's like the best part of Disneyland is the yes. way they build up like the Indiana Jones ride. That, and no, the that would be my second ride, one, the, okay, Indiana Jones, it. 100%. I always I make sure the that I'm in the seat with the wheel. Yes, my dad from from when that first was that ride was first conceived, he makes a really concerted effort to involve the driving and the steering and he makes Kyle yell comments to me like, yeah. "I can't the engine isn't turning over. Can you yeah. hear that?" 
he will get so Me into too. like playing the role of that because it, it. it's so well done it's it so feels well like done. you're in the yes. car and the car's moving 100% i love it agree okay and then i just need a third one. uh i guess i'll you know what i'll just make the third it's a small world mm-hmm. just because that's idealistic mm-hmm. it's a lovely it's a lovely ride i enjoy probably not surprised to hear this given some of the artwork around here i really enjoy like the pop arted pop artness and like yeah. the way that little kids look and their clothes. Like I kind of want to wear all of the clothes that the kids yeah. are wearing. Oh, yeah. That's what I wish were real about it is the clothes <laughs> for me, Janet Varney. Okay. Great, great, great. Um, what about, uh, I think I'm going to have to go. You can live in an, a, a, a land that is not, that does not exist. So it could be the Shire. It could be Dagobah. It could be <laughs> an imagine three imaginary places that you have like a second home. Oh, that's great. Um, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, Oz. Okay. The Oz. Yeah. Specifically. Love it. Um, another place that I could live in. I guess I would like to live in the back to the future part two <laughs> i love it um <laughs> that would be fun part two fantastic i see and i like i wouldn't want to live i guess i like cities mostly like oh I, I wouldn't want to live back on the shire and mm-hmm. because the, they're always so they they have hard lives everybody yeah. Yeah. Um, even the hobbits, let's be honest. Well, their feet are constantly working. Tough and hairy yeah. and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, the third place of the magical place I'd like to live in for me, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, I know that the Ewok forest would be a hard life, but I just remember loving those Ewoks so much when I was. Oh, a yeah. Kid. They were cute. I, guess, I would say remove no, like, the I know, hard I'll, aspects and know that like if you just thought a place was pretty, we could figure out you I'll, just being able to. Like, I'd live in exist. um in the Fifty Shades of Grey, Seattle. <laughs> just just constantly having <laughs> orgasms in very creative but, ways. That's an amazing answer. <laughs> that's an amazing answer. Okay, what about if you could be best friends with? Um, an author, like three authors that would just be awesome if you were to be their buddies, whether they're living or dead, who doesn't matter. Could be from ages ago, could be from today. Okay. Um, let's see. Three authors. I'd like, uh, it doesn't matter if they're cool or not. We have no idea. Right. Based on let's their assume writing. they're cool based on their writing. I'd like to be friends with C.D. Payne. Okay. Who wrote Youth in Revolt because um, nice. that's my favorite book. And then I would be friends. I would try to be friends with Emily Dickinson just to say I did it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm her friend. I'm mm-hmm. her one friend. <laughs> and I know where she hid all her poems. Um, and then I guess another writer. Well, I think I'd like to be friends with J.K. Rowling. There you go. I bet she, I think she might be pretty cool. I'm sure she is. Yeah. And she has no shortage of like funds to take you with her on super cool That's adventures. True. Nothing wrong with that. That's a fantastic one. Um, what about if you could turn yourself into an animal? Three animals that would be fun to shapeshift into. Oh, well, a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen Shaw is a horse. That's right. A bird. Okay. Duh. What kind of bird? Um, maybe a one of those um, red-winged blackbirds. Oh, 
Love it. And another one. I, well, I guess a dolphin. Great. Beautiful. Uh, what about three foods that you invented? That you, I right you're now. responsible for the oh that exists but I made you're them. responsible for ice cream ice cream love it the nation's thank you for doing that for love. us you're welcome us ice cream I made you ice cream and I invented I found out that you could eat oysters oh no, that's a great was one to try it yeah and I did and it was beneficial and yeah high priced um and I wish I'd I wish that I had thought of um. I'm I'm over ice cream, oysters, and probably give it to you. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll just go. I'll go with what was my original one? Um, Cereal. Oh God, I love cereal. Who did invent cereal? There's Who still, came up I with eat cereal? it every single day. I love cereal. Yeah, God, that's a really good one. Um, okay, what about a talent, like a gift? It doesn't have to be playing music. It could be that you're incredibly great at like deducing things, like Sherlock Holmes. It could be that you're great at inventing stuff. It could be that you're great at like mending fences, like you bring two people together and like make them friends again. Like, what about three talents that you wish you had? Um. I wish that I, okay, that's great. Okay, I wish I was good at math in a way that I could become an epidemiologist and find the cure for for cancer and disease. So I wish I was like really like uh, high end in that field. Like people were coming to me and they were like, here's some cancerous liver, help us. And I'm like, (laughs) break it down, give me that microscope. Great. Drop some iodine in. <laughs> um, oh my God, that's all we needed was iodine. Uh, the iodine. You solved it. There's a run on iodine. <laughs> Who's buying it? <laughs> the cancer clinics. <sighs> um, so that's one. Um, I always wished that I could be um, really good at music. I, w- I wish I could um, compose music and sing music. Okay. Um, I, think it, I think I would have been awesome at that because mm-hmm. I, I can totally write the lyrics <laughs> that's, that's all where that's it the, ends. you need to be you're you got the bernie topin you need the elton john yes, yes i gotcha and the third thing that i wish i could do always is probably um what else the third thing i would that i'm good at like a skill um you know what? So I'm making, I'm carrying disease I'm, and I'm bringing people joy with music. I guess I wish that I could um, be more charitable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Those are all really lovely answers that s- serve the public. Well, the second one's totally indulgent. But I mean, people love music. It Where only would I serves be without the public music? if it's really Where would good. I be without music? Okay. Um... I've got two more categories. I'm going to go with the tradish. All due respect to your husband. This is fantasy. Okay. So three crushes, three new partners, companions, lovers, however you want to think of it, that can be um, based on fictional characters. In fact, let's make them fictional characters. Yeah. Somebody from um, a character from a movie, a character from a book, a character from a cartoon, three, three people that don't even exist in real life that, uh, that you would want to uh, be with in this fictional world. 
it, forever, like in a yeah, in love. It could be temporary, or, but as friend as whatever as you whatever it, it, let's romantic. Make it romantic or sexual. Oh, okay. But it, you don't have to be with him forever if you're just someone that you like really want to have sex with. Like you want to have sex with Wolverine once. I'll put him on here. Oh like, wow, Wolverine! You don't have to marry him, but you know what I'm saying. Okay, I, I would like to. Um, I would have been with a young, like a young Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that's a um, great one. From one of that, any of his youthful films. Yeah. Like, like you know, Ghostbusters. Like us is it like Ghost, a- was he in Ghostbusters? Yeah. Yeah, like a Ghostbusters yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Great. Young. Great. Young. Um, <laughs> like 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would romantically be with, I would be with a... Um, now these are just real people. I That's would okay. be with a Steve Martin, mm-hmm. a young Steve Martin for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And um, then I would also enjoy uh, who, you know who? I, no, no. Oh, God. Now I really want to know. Oh, I was going to say, I think that guy from um, the one from the magnetic, Edward and the magnetic zeros. zeros. What's that guy's name? Uh Alex something. I don't know. He's like lanky. I think he, I was going to say he's pretty sexy, but also I feel like he could, he might be like very difficult. <laughs> like always like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like, like lays on a couch <laughs> and like my music, my songs, you know, and I just, I'd be yeah, like turned that. off instantly. Got it. But you know, from what I see, um, just just on the TV, he's very. very I can put him sexy. unless you feel like you have you want to use this guy. No, because I, I need another thing. I need another thing to really make it a, a lock. Yeah. Um, okay, there's got to be some. There's so many. I don't know. I guess. Um, well, someone that I did have a crush on as a teenager, Leonardo DiCaprio Love it. from Titanic. Boy, oh boy, he was the one. He's the only one that I was like. And Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah. my God, he—he is the only movie star that really got me. Um, oh, you know what, Han Solo. I would, oh, that's that, great that's too. An easy Am one. I replacing him with? Yeah, uh, replacing anyone, any one of them. Han Solo, put Leonardo. him on the top because he—he has got it all. Doesn't okay, he? Okay, wait. So which one should I get rid of? Young Dan Aykroyd. Get rid of Dan Aykroyd. Okay. So oh we've my got God, Leonardo. Yeah. and Han Solo. I yeah. love it. And you know what? Now I'm embarrassed about the Steve Martin. Well, leave him, leave him. What's he going to do? <laughs> he's not going to do anything. And he, it'll, it'll probably, first of all, he's an a- avid is, listener to this podcast. This is going to get back to him. Avid and then I'm going to be so embarrassed when young, I see him. Young Steve Martin? No, it's fine. It's we, cool. Listen, I, I, is, I have admitted on this podcast that I had a wall of pictures of Steve Martin <laughs> and that I wrote a romantic <sighs> screenplay oh, good. that would like somehow justify me at 13 sleeping with him okay, as a full okay, adult male because okay. I was like that into him. So you're, you're I mean, safe. There, but you really now now I'm really getting it going. I've, I, I had a real a sexy romantic fantasy about Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers growing up. And, I do not, but I, I definitely yeah, right? get it. He's yeah. just like, under the bridge. He's like, yeah, <laughs> take this shirt off. I'm, I, I have behind, to like, it. Last chance. Any any changes from Han Solo, Young Steve Martin, and Leonardo DiCaprio and Titanic? You yeah. Want, do you want me to replace Steve Martin with Anthony Kiedis? Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah you know what yeah no 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 no. it's the musician thing man i just i think he'd be cool and then you like get get to them and they're so 
the majority of them are so self-involved. It's yeah. like unbelievable. Yeah. And they're so like, mm, my music. <laughs> I love that character oh. of every male musician. Can't, oh, he's on the couch. Like they would totally just like lop on the couch and yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, hey, babe, you want to go get some Thai food? And I'd be like, oh, no, man. Oh. My music. You oh. know, there's mopey yeah. pieces Screw of that. gorgeous, gorgeous <laughs> shit. Um, all right. So we're safe with those choices. This is our last category. When you said Thai food, and it's probably because I'm starting to get hungry, maybe you want to ask um, three types of non-American food that uh, you can eat like whenever you want for Sushi. free. Great. Oh. Sushi always. Same. And Mexican. Mm-hmm. And Thai food. Great. Those would be my three exact choices also. Well, this is very, this is really shaping up. Okay, tell, <laughs> me, tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to uh, do, I'm going to tally it up. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, I'm going to tally it up and I'm going to come back with your future. Okay, this is, uh, this is not a disappointment in any way, shape, or form. Even though you live in a shack. <laughs> <laughs> that part we couldn't do anything about um listen in real life you live in a shack i don't know what your house is like in the back to the future part two future <laughs> but i can only assume it's awesome and i don't want to apply the shack to that wait i, I can't believe that i that said place. that back to the that is that was, a, <laughs> that was a real misstep because that's biff's world <laughs> You live in Biff's world. I don't want to live in Biff's world, and I thought whatever. I, right. I, I, I made my bed. But look, when I when I give you Didn't some more think. information, I don't it's know not why that I big said deal. That. Okay. First of all, I'd like to think that you live in the corrected future because they correct the future. You know what I that's, mean? That's what so I you want. You live that's in the cool I mean. future yeah. where there's hoverboards, hover yeah, skateboards. Yeah, it's like really fun. But Michael J. Fox is laughing. Yeah. And, I don't yeah. even worry about okay, it. Uh, I, I never thought of it as best future until you just said that. Yeah. Um, you're all set with your with your shack. In fact, that is where your shack is. You're all set in your okay. hip shack in back yeah, to the future. Yeah, a future shack is not a bad shack. Because your future shack is great. It's like, re- yeah, yeah, it is. Your future shack set. is great. And it's only your second home. So that's the thing. It's almost like having a, ma- a cabin in the mountains. But in this case, you have a shack in the future. Yeah. So if you're Shaq in the super fun future, um, I want you to know that here in the present, uh, you're very dear friends with Youth and Revolt author C.D. Payne. Yay! Which is pretty fantastic. Um, I don't know if that means that you let C.D. Payne ride you when you turn into a horse. (laughs) Sure. But you certainly have the ability to do so. Um, And I also don't know, I think it's interesting because I know that horses like to eat oats. And you invented cereal. So I'm just wondering if you, as a an oat-eating horse, thought, what if humans ate toasted, delicious, dry oat-type food, and that's how you created cereal. But thank you so much for inventing cereal, You're Kristen. You're welcome. You've done a wonderful thing for the world. And I know that you felt like your uh, existence as a music prodigy and uh, composer was selfish. But I can assure you that like your invention of cereal, it is helping people the world over. Your music is fantastic. I'm a musician. So well done, you. Um, And this is very interesting to me, too. And I'm very glad that this worked out the way that it did. Because when you're ever in the mood for an adventure... I want to assure you that you can enjoy your very own real-life Indiana Jones ride with Han Solo. 
Wait a minute. My, my otherwise known as Indiana Jones. Oh, yeah. So that really worked out. And after an invigorating uh, Jeep ride with Han Solo, on the in, in, real-life Indiana Jones ride, you can delight in the fact that for the rest of your life, whenever you want it, you can eat as much sushi as you want without any consequences. Nice. Not sure what the sushi not consequences would be. Not even mercury poisoning. Definitely yeah. not mercury poisoning. Uh, this world is mercury poison free. So that concludes your MASH future. I think it's turned out very well. Um, and uh, I want to thank you so much for doing the podcast. What a Thanks pleasure. Thanks for having me, Janet. It's very, very cool that you did it. And <laughs> I'd like to welcome the listener in a very soft NPR-esque voice. Yeah, me too. To uh, write in with your questions and your comments. Yes, um, please. There are a lot of different places for you to find us on social media. I think you know that already. And uh, any parting words? Um, I, I say um, have a great day. Yeah. Have a strong week. <laughs> have a dynamite year. I love it. Bye. 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 The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, remember when all of time stood still and really all you'd need was a pack from her. Maybe we should. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned, audience supported